Please read along with me for our prayer for guidance this morning. Lord, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with your glad hearts what you say to us today. Amen. Our scripture comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, and that's page 180 if you'd like to read along in your pew Bible. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All of this is for your benefit, so the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to be the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly, sorry, we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our moment, momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that out far waves them all. So we fix our eyes, not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Carolyn, and thank you, choir. Uh, combined choirs this morning, it's, it's great. Um, I'm going to suggest that we do that every week. And, uh, yeah, that would... Even though you're you're good individually too at the individual choirs, so uh, I'm going to place these down here because uh, these sheets of paper because I will forget to do this. But uh, I'm going to mention something this morning, and this is a handout for you if you would like to have a copy of it, and it's a list of things to be thankful for. So uh, uh, I also had placed this on Facebook, so I know some of you have seen that. You know, I. I Whenever it's Thanksgiving, whoops, I drop my bulletin and then I give thanks to God that I'm still able to bend over and get back up. Now I think about that prayer from the movie Shenandoah, and I know I've shared this with you before, the Jimmy Stewart movie and uh, uh, his prayer before the meal, his family prayer, because he has promised his wife that he was going to raise the kids in the church, even though he himself was not a believer. And uh, so he kind of begrudgingly did this. He, he would go to the church with them and sit there, but not really uh, enjoy it in any sense. And so this was, this was his prayer. We still having problems there, Ray? Okay, not, not sure what's happening. Okay, uh, this was his prayer uh, before the meal. He said, Lord, we cleared this land. We plowed it, sowed it, and harvested it. We cooked the harvest. It wouldn't be here, and we wouldn't be eating it if, it if we hadn't done it all ourselves. We worked dog bone hard for every crumb and morsel. But we thank you, Lord, just the same for the food we're about to eat. Amen. Okay. And uh, that prayer may be at really 
a reflection of what many people are praying when they're praying to God, giving thanks for food or whatever they're giving thanks for. There's a sense that I'm thanking God, but I'm not quite sure why I'm thanking God because I don't see his connection to what's going on here. And yet the scriptures tell us from beginning to end that everything in our lives comes from God. Everything is a result of that, that life from God. Uh, in, in the same sense that uh, uh, the sun, for instance, uh, provides the sunlight that that, uh, that produces the uh, work of photosynthesis in the plants that produces the oxygen that allows us to, to breathe. And we may not every day wake up and think about it in that sense that every breath I'm taking is a result of something that's millions of miles away and its operation. But in the same way, God is operating in our lives continuously and that tendency for us uh, to to ignore that uh, because uh, because we may not feel his presence at every moment is very real. But I wanted to talk this morning about the idea of thanks living, living in an attitude of thanks and what the Bible tells us about that and some and, and maybe some things that might illustrate that. I have a good friend uh, down in uh, Chesapeake who was a member of the church where I pastored before coming here, uh, Rick Stapleton. And, uh, you know, by the way, if I were ever, I'm probably going to retire from here, so it's not going to work that way. But if I ever leave this church and go to another church, I will tell stories about you. So, so be really good. Um, but anyways, uh, Rick, uh, was a successful businessman. He was a, just a great guy, great sense of humor, and a, and a really good heart. He always wanted to help folks. And, uh, and so I, I love to tell this story. It just, it just appeared on Facebook. His daughter Carrie shared this on Facebook. And it appears that, uh, Rick, with his generous spirit, his daughter had just gotten married and she and her husband bought a, their first home, a small house. And, uh, uh, in that house, uh, they needed some furniture. Well, Rick and, and, uh, Melinda, his wife, had a sofa. It was about 10 years old. And they decided, we're going to give this to Carrie and her husband. And, uh, and then they can use that, and we'll just go out and buy some new furniture. So uh, he was going, going over to the house with the furniture, and uh, along the way he realized that one of the legs on the furniture uh, needed some repair. So when he got there and he was uh, bending down to, to make this repair, he noticed a plug sticking out, an electrical plug. And he had never noticed that before. And then as he's moving the couch into the house with his daughter, the center cushion falls forward. And can you show the picture there? Next one. And that's what's been in the middle for 10 years that he didn't even realize it was there. <laughs> I don't know why he looks so happy because he just gave it to his daughter. So then they uh, decide to plug in the plug, and it turns out these are massage chairs, okay? <laughs> so for 10 years, she could, he could have been having a massage and, you know, a place for his remote control and, and, and his drinks and everything. Never, never had that. And I thought, you know, <laughs> I think that's the way a lot of us live our lives in Christ, 
Is there a lot of hidden riches, a lot of hidden gifts there that God has available to us? And one is that art of thanksgiving, of giving thanks to Him, and how that can transform our hearts. It's not just a thing that God needs the thanks from us, but that it is a transformative attitude that can make our lives turn around and be very different from the often overly complaining, uh, depressing, a pessimistic way that people, even Christians, sometimes approach life. And so I just wanted to share a few scriptures with you this morning about that. And by the way, I sometimes hold my dad up as an example of, uh, of, of, of a, a man of great faith. And uh, yesterday, my brother came to pick up a china hutch uh, that was my parents. And Lydia and I have been storing that in our basement since we came here. That china hutch has been with us waiting for my brother to pick it up. Well, he's finally moved to Virginia, so he came yesterday to pick it up. And when I opened it, uh, Lydia had placed in one of the drawers for him to see uh, a card that was an anniversary card. Uh, Lydia, was this in the hutch, just in there already? Yeah, it was already in the hutch. So, so she left it in there for him to see. But uh, I had seen it before that and decided I wanted to use it in the sermon, so, uh, so he hadn't seen it yet. Uh, but it's just a regular anniversary card. On our anniversary, I love you for so many reasons. Now, you have to understand, my dad, the way he grew up and, and as you know, a foster child and losing both of his brothers, it's, you know, one when he was killed in Vietnam, the other when he was a child, uh, he had a hard life. He had a really rough life. And, uh, and so I always sensed that my mom to my dad was in many ways his salvation in this world that the gift of, of having somebody who, who was uh, his helpmate, his soulmate, someone that close for somebody for whom family was very precious, uh, was a big thing for him. But as the years went on, uh, it was less and less about her being his salvation than God being their salvation together. And they developed a very deep faith together. But I thought it was interesting what he wrote. You know, it's the typical, I love you for all you've been, for all you are, and for all you'll ever be. I'm so glad we're spending our lifetime together. And, and that's uh, generally this, the kind of uh, expression that we give on, on an anniversary card. But then he wrote this, uh, I marvel each day that God could so love a sinner like me that he would find a wonderful person like you to be my wife. And then in capital letters, praise him. Praise him. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Uh, I have written cards, Lydia and I, back and forth. Many of you have written cards back and forth, thank you cards. And we're always thanking the person but here, my dad thanked God for the gift of his wife. And I thought, wow, that fits so well in with what I wanted to share with you this morning. That too often, we have our eyes down here. And we're seeing the things maybe that people are doing around us. And we're thanking them for it as we should. The Bible says we should encourage each other. There is, a, there is a place for appreciation of each other. But so, so many times, I believe, in our lives, we become so wrapped up in the people around us who we can see and touch and, 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 and spend time with that, that we forget that God is all around us, that God is in each one of us, His Spirit is in us, and that it is God who makes all these things possible. And then as I went back into the Bible, and, you know, of course, you read the Psalms and, and the Psalms of Thanksgiving and praise that are in there just all throughout it. 
And I began to see how, how the Bible's emphasis is on people who find a heart of praise and thanks for God. These are the people who in life are a glory to God and who God uses in his kingdom. And uh, so I, uh, I went on through and I, I looked for a, a few examples of that. Um, and Paul would, came immediately to mind because Paul wrote things like in 1 Thessalonians under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in chapter 5. He says to the Thessalonians because they're, they're worried. They're worried about the second coming. Uh, we talked last week about heaven. They're worried about whether or not the people who have already died will be left uh, in the grave. They're worried as to whether there is a resurrection, whether they'll see their loved ones again in heaven. They have all these other worries going on, and he says to them, rejoice always. Now, these are commands. These are not suggestions. This is as much a command as to keep the Sabbath holy or to not murder. Rejoice always. Pray continually or pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's interesting because he didn't say give thanks always, but he was very clear in every circumstance because very often we use the circumstances as an excuse not to give thanks. How can I thank God in the midst of this when we're going through a hard time? And yet that's exactly the time when we should be thanking God. And then I thought about uh, Paul and Silas in prison in Acts And we're going to spend a little bit of time here, so if you have a Bible and want to, want to open up there. But in Acts, the 16th chapter. And Paul and Silas have gotten into a bit of trouble. Uh, they were uh, in, a, in Philippi, and they were uh, preaching and going about, sharing the gospel with folks. And there was a woman, a slave woman, and she had a spirit that enabled her to predict the future. And she made a lot of money for her owners, not for herself, she was a slave, through her fortune telling. And somehow the spirit within her told her who Paul and Silas were. And for days she would go about following Paul and shouting, These people are servants of the Most High God. They are proclaiming a way of salvation to you. And I think this is so funny because Paul, uh, I love Paul because he is so human and the Bible lets us know that. It says she's going, following him around, telling everybody that he's preaching a way of salvation, that he's a servant of the Most High God. And you think, well, that's a good thing, but it annoyed him. After a while, he was probably having trouble sharing his message because she was constantly shouting this. And so finally, annoyed with all this, he finally turned and said to the Spirit in her, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave her. And it left her at that very moment. And this isn't the first time that, that Christianity uh, comes into conflict with uh, uh, folks who want to make money. And sometimes people have used the Christian message and used the church as a way to make money. And here these folks, these slave owners, have, have been using this woman to make money off of this spirit of prophecy that she has. And so needless to say, the owners are not real happy with Paul and Silas. Because their source of income has now been lessened because they have taken away this woman's gift. And so they go, now it's, it's interesting, they weren't opposed to what Paul and Silas were saying before, but they are now that they've lost their income. 
And so they go to the authorities and they complain about them. Uh, it says they grab Paul and Silas, they drag them before the officials in the city center. And when her owners approached the legal authorities, they said, these people are causing an uproar in our city. They are Jews who promote customs that we Romans can't accept or practice. So the crowd joined in the attacks against Paul and Silas. The authorities ordered that they be stripped of their clothes. Can you imagine? Anybody here imagine the embarrassment, the public shame of being stripped of your clothes? And it says they were beaten, not just beaten, but severely beaten. And ordered, they ordered the jailer to secure them with great care. They threw them into prison to secure them with great care. So they, they uh, secure their feet in stocks, in irons. And they throw them into the innermost cell, the, the cell that's the hardest to get out of. Now, it doesn't say anything about they treated those wounds. So they're there with, with open wounds, beaten, naked, in chains, in a prison they can't get out of. But what does it tell us that they do? It says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Praying and singing hymns to God. Folks, there are people in our world today who find it very hard to get to church on Sunday morning to sing and, and, and pray and to praise God. Isn't that amazing? When you think about what they're doing, now, I'll tell you what most of us would probably be doing, what I probably would have been doing, I would have probably been in there going, Lord, why in the world has this happened to me? I'm a faithful servant. I haven't done anything wrong. I'd be complaining. I'd be thinking what a you know miserable situation for me to be in. And I might give a few complaints to God, and then I'd forget about God, and I'd try to somehow figure out on my own, how am I going to get out of here and so forth. But it tells us that the prisoners around them we're listening to them, their songs. So they are praising and they are thanking God and the prisoners have to be somewhat befuddled and confused as to why these people are in such a sorry situation and yet they are thanking their God and they are singing praise to Him. Why would that be? And then you're probably familiar with the rest of the story here. What happens, there is, a, is an earthquake and the doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. It shook the prison's foundations, a violent earthquake. And when the jailer awoke and saw the open doors of the prison, he thought the prisoners had escaped. He assumed they would have escaped. So he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, but Paul shouted loudly, don't harm yourself, we're all here. Now what's interesting there, not just Paul and Silas were still there, but all the prisoners were there who had been listening to them praying and singing songs. Just in praying and singing songs, they had had an evangelical influence on those folks to put their faith in this God too. And then comes the earthquake. It reminds me of uh, the great Chinese evangelist Watchman Nee, who uh, disappeared into the communist prisons uh, back in the 1940s after the communists took over China. But there were guards in the prison who testified to him later, guards who became Christians through him. And they said that he was continually singing. And through his songs, he taught them. He wasn't allowed to, allowed to preach in the prison, but through his songs, he taught them about Jesus. So Paul and Silas have testified to Jesus. The people have believed. The jailer thinks that they all must have escaped. And he said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. So the jailer called for some lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he led them outside and asked, honorable masters, what must I do to be saved? 
And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your entire household. And they spoke the Lord's word to to them and everyone else in his house. And right then, in the middle of the night, the jailer welcomed them and washed their wounds. He and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. And he brought them into his home, and he gave them a meal. He was overjoyed because he and everyone in his household had come to believe in God. The next morning, the legal authorities sent the police to the jailer with the order, Release these people. So the jailer reported this to Paul, informing him the authorities sent word that you both are to be released. In other words, Paul has returned to the prison. After being hosted by this jailer at his house, he has returned into the prison. And said the authorities sent word that you both are to be released. You can leave. Go in peace. And Paul told the police, even though we are Roman citizens, they beat us publicly without first... (laughs) This is Paul's little legal maneuver here. He waits until after they've beaten him, thrown him into jail, and then he says, oh, by the way, Silas and I are Roman citizens. And it's interesting, all of a sudden the authorities are groveling when they realize that what they have done to these Roman citizens, and the the story goes on from there. But you see the power of praise and thanksgiving in all circumstances. I wish I had a lot more time this morning, but I don't, to go through every single place in Scripture from the leper who comes to Jesus, giving the one out of ten lepers who comes and, and bows at Jesus' feet and fall, throws himself down there and thanks Jesus for what he has done. Telling me that that may be the ratio in this world that one out of ten people ever thank God for what he has done for them. And that's a sad statistic. But I, I have, and I'm going to just read these to, uh, a few of these just to, to close here as time runs out. And you can come this evening and I will preach the rest of the sermon. Okay. I may tell the story about Rick and the, and the sofa again. Uh, this is 100 remarkable reasons to thank God this Thanksgiving about your birth. Thank God for your conception. Do you realize if you hadn't been conceived, you would not be here this morning? I don't know if all of you realize that. Okay. Thank God for knitting you together in your mother's womb, as his word tells us. If you survived your mother's pregnancy, thank God. There was all these risks in your life that you have gotten past to be where you are to die. If you survived the birth process, thank God. If you were born in a free country, thank God. If you were born to parents who loved you and provided for you, thank God. If you enjoyed growing up with siblings and cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents, thank God. If someone changed your diapers, thank God. If they didn't, whoa. Uh, if someone woke up with you in the middle of the night to feed and hold you, thank God. If someone cared for you when you were sick, thank God. And if someone read to you and, pre- and played with you, thank God. If someone taught you how to crawl, walk, and ride a bike, thank God. We're only on number 12, and this is 100 reasons. And I figured out, I averaged out the time it would take to read each one of these. It would take 20 minutes to read everything to you, so we're not going to do that. But it goes on and talks about giving thanks for health and food and faith and peace. Um, For utilities, if you have running water in your home, thank God. If you have power in your home, okay, we'll skip that one. Um, Yeah, if if you do, thank God and pray for the others. Uh, If you can heat your home in the winter and cool it in the summer, thank God, because the majority of people in this world can't do that. For education, for relationships, for leisure, and for trials. If you've ever gone through a trial and haven't lost hope, thank God. If the Lord has ever used 
difficulty for your good, thank God. If you've ever brought fears, worries, anxieties, and sadness to Christ and been helped, thank God, and so forth. So there's a hundred of these. I'm going to set these up here. Uh, uh, if you want to take one, it's front and back. It's one sheet, front and back. But that might be a good exercise this week as you go to Thanksgiving. And what this tells me is that there are many, 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 many things that we have never thanked God for, I'm sure, in our lives. And that everything that happens, everything that happens, folks, God is there with us. And if you think back over everything in your life, even the trials, even the bad times, you know, someone who has lost a loved one can now be a helper to someone else when they lose a loved one. It may have given you a calling. It may have given you a purpose. There are so many ways we could illustrate that. But we should thank God in all circumstances, as the scriptures tell us, because God is always there. Folks, uh, may your Thanksgiving uh, be a time not just to uh, say, well, I'm thankful for Ginger that she does this, or I'm thankful for my wife because she cooks good meals, or, you know, whatever it may be. But remember the one, the one who brought you into this world, and the one who will be there when you leave this world. And who even now, for those loved ones who you have lost along the way in your life, he is with them caring for them in eternity. Give thanks to God this week. Let's pray. Holy Father, above all, we give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom is all of our hope. Father, we pray for that day of his coming and of his, uh, the resurrection of your people and our gathering before your throne. And we pray, Father, we would be found thankful that we would be found faithful, and above all, Father, that we would come as those who wear the name of Christ above all other names. Father, in his precious name we pray, and together we sing, and amen. What is the difference between praise and thanks? Anybody know? Because usually we think that they're the same thing. Praise is for who God is. We praise you for your love. He's God of love. Uh, thanks are for what God does for you. Okay, so we come into his courts with praise and thanksgiving. But actually, we come into the gates with thanks, and we come into his courts, his courts with praise. Now, I was thinking about this this week. I hadn't read this anywhere, but I think that the reason we come into the gates with thanks is that the gates you can still look back and see everything outside. When you come into the courts of praise, you're there with God and God alone. So anyways, just something to think about this week. May we go together praising God with thanksgiving in our hearts for all the great things he has done for us, for this church, for each other, for the gift of his son Jesus Christ, and for every opportunity we have to live a life of faith in this world. And amen.